0: Good morning. Today is Monday, July thirteenth, two 2020. I was asked a question and I'm very grateful for the question. I want to try to respond to the question and that is, uh, what is the uh, uh, what is the halakha, what is the correct procedure concerning swimming on Shabbos? So, first of all, there are two important issues concerning swimming in general. One is there are certain risks involved with swimming and a person is required, this is one of the areas that we're spending so much time concentrating on, uh, to make sure that their activity is safe and not to do anything that is unsafe. So, of course, a person should be very careful uh, never to swim without a lifeguard, uh, to follow all warnings, especially at a river or a beach, uh, to follow warnings of riptides and things like that, which, God forbid, can be uh, tragic um, as well as uh, in terms of pools to make sure that there's a fence and an alarm especially if there are any children around but again just to make sure that complete safety is taken. And then the other uh, point about swimming is that uh, swimming is a, an activity that is mentioned specifically in the Gemara and the Talmud. The Talmud says that a parent has an obligation to teach their child three things, an obligation to teach Torah, that we understand, an obligation to teach an honest business so that the child will be able to support themselves, and of course those things can be done either directly by the parent or through proxy, like by school or university or some other way, and a parent has an obligation to teach their child how to swim. Teaching a child how to swim is the obligation of a parent and clearly the idea is that a child faced with the necessity of having to swim will have that skill. That halakha, that requirement is actually the basis of a wonderful book. It's called The Blessing of a Skinned Knee by Wendy Mogul and it's a great book on parenting. I recommend it highly. She has some other books also that I recommend. And the basic concept of the book is largely based on this Talmudic passage that we don't just teach our children stay away from the water, that is one lesson to teach our children, but we also have to teach our children what happens if they are in the water. So um, simply raising children by avoiding having to deal with problems is not as helpful as raising children to know how to respond to difficulties. So, the title, The Blessing of the Skinned Knee, it's much more helpful, a lot of parents try to raise their children never to skin their knee. But it's a much more helpful parenting approach, yes of course you should try to help your child not skin their knee. but to also concentrate on when a child does in their knee. So now what? How do you get up? How do you take care of it? How do you respond? How do you go on? And that kind of life skill is much more important than trying to inoculate or keep our children in a bubble from having to deal with any problems. Uh, The idea of uh, parents Uh, intervening with their children's teachers uh, to get them out of homework assignments or doing their homework for them or other ways of trying to prevent their children from having to learn how to deal with life, those are counterproductive. So swimming is an excellent example of that. The subject of swimming in Shabbos is actually very interesting and it demonstrates an important halachic process. And it goes like this. In the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, the Shulchan Aruch says that if a person is swimming on Shabbos, they must be careful because when they get out of the water they will be carrying the water that is on their body and in their hair. You go into the water dry, you come out wet, and that would be considered carrying. And if you are in an area where there is no Eruv, so then carrying that extra water would be prohibited as a prohibition of carrying on Shabbos. The only thing that is not prohibited to carry on Shabbos is clothing. So clothing is not a problem but carrying additional water would be a problem and therefore the Shulchan Aruch says to be very careful to have a towel close by so that you don't have to walk six feet out of the water before being able to dry off. That's the comment of the Shulchan Aruch. What's interesting is that again the Shulchan Aruch is written in the mid-1500s. The commentators that come after the Shulchan Aruch add an additional list of possible prohibitions to swimming. For example, on Shabbos, it is prohibited to take, let's say, a cloth that is wet and to wring it dry. That is a prohibited activity, a prohibited rabbinic activity, and therefore, um, for example, to take a a sponge that is wet and to wring it dry, that's actually a Biblical prohibition. So therefore a number of uh, commentators write that swimming is a rabbinic prohibition because it is likely or it is certainly possible that a person might come once the towel is wet to wring it dry which would be prohibited, or the garment that they're wearing. If you're wearing, let's say, a shirt or a bathing suit, when you come out and it's sopping wet, many people would wring it dry to remove the excess water and not remember that that is a prohibited activity on Shabbos. That's one possibility. Another uh, problem with uh, swimming is if it's in a pool that is a heated pool. So to go into water to immerse in water on Shabbos, that has been heated on Shabbos, that is prohibited. It's prohibited because it's in the category of cooking. We're not allowed to warm up water on Shabbos. And if we warmed up water, even though it was not for drinking purposes, it was for making the water more comfortable for us, but that would be prohibited because of cooking on Shabbos. In addition to that, even if the water was not heated on Shabbos. But before Shabbos, our our sages instituted a rabbinic prohibition that on Shabbos we are not allowed to bathe our entire body even if the water was heated before Shabbos because we are worried about the possibility maybe somebody would have forgotten and actually come to heat it on Shabbos as well. So in a pool, that would be another prohibition. A third area of concern is that in general on Shabbos, a person is not permitted to undergo strenuous exercise. Now this is a little bit of a gray area. A person is allowed to take a walk on Shabbos, um, but you know uh, the appropriate Shabbos walk is uh, well conveyed by the Yiddish term a, a, shpatsir. a shpatsir is a is not exercise. You're not raising your, your heart rate. A that's Shabbat stick. A person who is walking for the purpose of exercise or jogging or doing something else, that is a weekday activity not suitable for Shabbat activity. Exactly where do you draw the line between walking for pleasure or to get somewhere or walking for exercise? So each person will have to determine for themselves and it will be something that only the person themselves will be able to tell. (laughs) In addition to these uh, rabbinic prohibitions, um, it is unanimous among halakhic authorities that uh, the recreational activity of swimming on Shabbos is not the kind of activity a person should be involved in on Shabbos and this is a very important category. In addition to specific categories of what we may and may not do, there is also a wider category or maybe a more fundamental category of basically how should we be spending time on Shabbos. And how we should be spending time on Shabbos is in ways that are dedicated to God, ways that bring us into greater contact with God through study and prayer and ways that bring us into greater contact with our community, with our friends, with our family, the Shabbos meals, uh, visiting, spending time with each other. Yes, of course, there will always be some gray areas as to whether this is appropriate for Shabbos or not appropriate for Shabbos and that even may depend from time to time and from place to place. But Halakhic authorities are virtually unanimous that swimming as an activity, recreational swimming as an activity does not fit into the spirit of Shabbos. I've said this before, I think that um, when, when when I'm asked a question about is something permitted or prohibited on Shabbos and I differentiate between that which falls into one of the 39 categories of prohibited activity or their rabbinic uh, 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 sub-categories versus when i say something like it's not within the spirit of shabbos that sometimes people think something is only not within the spirit of shabbos it's not quite as serious as the other and i've said before and let me repeat i think it's just the opposite there are two different terms that are used in the torah Concerning observing Shabbos, one is es remember the Shabbos day to keep it holy, and the other is shamar es yom guard the Shabbos day to keep it holy. Our sages tell us that shamar shamar guarding means to tell us protect, but through not violating these specific prohibitions. But you know, a person can sit on a sofa all day long and not move or sleep all day long and not move and not violate a single prohibition of Shabbos. We would not say, unless a person is sick, but we would not say that is an ideal way to spend Shabbos. Shamar by itself is not enough. The proper observance of Shabbos also requires Zohar to be actively engaged in the fact that that I'm conscious that it's Shabbos, that it makes a Rosham, it has an imprint on my day. The way that I act, the way that I feel, the way that I behave is different on Shabbos than it is in other times. And therefore, the... Specific prohibitions are actually intermediaries. They are tools that free me from other activities in order to allow me to concentrate on what is really Shabbos appropriate behavior, the ones that I mentioned before. So, this is an answer that is not saying that it's any less important than one of the 39 categories. If anything, it's saying that it's more important. You know, the. Uh, the the specific rules of 39 categories of prohibited activity, their rabbinic counterparts, um, those are relatively concrete. But to have an appreciation of what Shabbos should feel like, what Shabbos, what the atmosphere should be like, what the mood should be like, that is a little bit more difficult to convey, but it is even more important to observe. However, because the prohibition, relates to this nature or atmosphere of Shabbos there are some exceptions. If a person is immersing in water for the purpose of a mitzvah that is congruent with Shabbos, that is permitted. So, For example, a woman who needs to use the mikveh and this is the night when it falls is allowed to immerse in a mikveh because again that doesn't take away from Shabbos concerns that leads towards Shabbos concerns and Shalom bayis, harmony within the home, hopefully. Or, or, for example, a man within those groups of the Jewish community where men use the mikveh on a regular basis, a man would also be able to go to the mikvah on Shabbos because again that's being done for purposes of holiness, for purposes of elevation that connect with Shabbos. Obviously, a person that never uses the mikveh but uh, it's a very hot day so he says to himself, Ah. I think I'm going to adopt the practice of uh, using the mikveh today to be able to get a quick dunk, uh, that would not be uh, the right thing to do. So uh, the evolution of this ruling is quite interesting, but the process of it reflects a very strong aspect not only to what we may and may not do on Shabbos, but what we should and should not do on Shabbos and the goal should always be not only shamar to guard and protect the Shabbos but also zachar to remember to be conscious to accept and walk into the mood and atmosphere of the holiness of Shabbos so that's the answer to swimming on Shabbos my friends I want to wish you a very happy day a wonderful day You have several days to get in swimming every day before Shabbos comes, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in